A recent headline inspires this bonus episode and case study. Today, we are talking about Patagonia and its founder's decision to give away the company. Let's go. Welcome to the Internal Customer Handbook, a work culture podcast for people who lead people. This unpublished book turned podcast is for people leaders who want to create 21st century work cultures that look nothing like, but this is how we've always done it. I am your host, Wendy Conrad, work culture strategist and founder of Your Happy Workplace. And if you are wondering if why and how ethical leadership and business can coexist, then you are in the right place. So glad you're here. Let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to another bonus episode of the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. I am your host, Wendy Conrad. What are the bonus episodes, you ask? They are where the history of work documentary research leftovers are ending up and also where I talk about work culture topics of today that I have thoughts on. And if you are unfamiliar with the documentary, The History of Work, that's okay. I will link more about that in the show notes to get you up to speed. Let's get into today's topic, shall we? Today's bonus episode was inspired by this headline, quote, Billionaire No More, Patagonia Founder Gives Away the Company. What? This is the headline I woke up to today, and okay, I'm intrigued, internet. Before we get to this recent news, some background info. So, I thought after doing a few histories, horrible bosses, that it was, you know, those are episodes that illustrate what what not to do. Let's do a case study that's an inspiring example. For those of you who don't know, Patagonia, the outdoor clothing company, was founded in 1973 by then 34-year-old Yvon Chouinard the, quote, eccentric rock climber who became a reluctant billionaire with his unconventional spin on capitalism. And I've used Patagonia as a case study in the workshop I teach called Understanding, Reducing, and Managing Stress in the Workplace because it's really important for people to see some of the things that I and a lot of other people that do similar work are talking about being done in real life when it comes to creating and maintaining healthy workplaces. It's important to see those examples being executed successfully. So I have been following Patagonia for a few years in that context and naturally wanted to know more after reading that headline. So As part of our case study in today's bonus episode, let's talk about how Patagonia is a living example of their mission and purpose in all areas of the company. Here are some examples of how they have done business differently. Bullet point. Since 1985, 
Patagonia sets aside 1% of its sales to finance grassroots environmental groups, both in the U.S. and abroad. And to give you an idea of what that looks like, in 2017, they made $800 million. So that's $8 million for that year alone. Bullet point. In 2005, Patagonia launched Common Threads, a recycling program whose goal it was to reduce the amount of products people bought from them. Bullet point. On Black Friday 2011, Patagonia ran a New York Times ad that read, quote, don't buy this jacket. And people lost their shit. They thought it was solely for PR, but Schwinar really wanted customers to think twice about buying shit we do not need. And their products come with a lifetime guarantee, and they have the largest clothing repair facility in North America. Bullet point. In 2017, Patagonia released its first commercial in the 44 years of its history because up until that point, it had never done a commercial in the lifetime of the business. And it wasn't to get us to buy their clothing. It was to highlight the need to protect America's public lands as that protection was in question as a result of the Trump administration being in a decision-making position. It cost $700,000 for the one-minute TV ad. They also followed up in 2018 by filing several lawsuits against the Trump administration regarding its decision to dramatically roll back protections on national monuments, which affected over 2 million acres of land. So this really speaks to how politics and business absolutely go together with Schwinar describing Patagonia as a, quote, activist company. But that's another show. So let's get into some culture stuff. How does Patagonia do work culture differently? Bullet point. Employee handbook is titled, Let My People Go Surfing. And they have a policy that if the surf's up or if the powder's down, for all you snowboarders, the team ditches work and grabs their boards and they're not expected to be in the office. Because they hire people who love the outdoors and their culture embraces all that comes with that. Bullet point. After working at Patagonia for a year, you can take up to two months off paid to volunteer with an environmental organization or project. And every year, about 150 employees travel all over the world to do just that. Bullet point. Patagonia has offered childcare since 1983. It is subsidized, so not free, but Patagonia has three different on-site child care centers, 
They pay for nursing moms to bring their baby and a nanny on business trips. And in 2008, a financially bad year for many companies, Patagonia did not cut benefits like this because they prioritize well-being over profit. So they were not reducing health care or training or things like that, like a lot of companies were at the time. Bullet point. It trains employees to protest peacefully and will even bail out protesters and their spouses. Last bullet point. Psychological safety is valued and the team is involved in decision-making, like what kind of projects they become involved in. So Patagonia leans into their values in every way. And are they're not doing these things to check off a box or create a buzz. It's literally who Yvonne Schwinard is. So intention matters. So this week, Patagonia made news by, quote, making the earth their only shareholder. They transferred ownership of Patagonia, which is valued at $3 billion, to a trust and nonprofit organization that is focused on combating climate change and protecting undeveloped land around the world. And according to the company, it had no choice but to put the company in the hands of owners who will continue its mission to do good for the environment. And for skeptics out there, no, they did not get a tax benefit. The family did not get a tax benefit for doing this. In fact, it came at a cost to them. Schwinard, who is now 83, said in an exclusive interview, quote, Hopefully this will influence a new form of capitalism that doesn't end up with a few rich people and a bunch of poor people. He goes on to say, quote, we are going to give away the maximum amount of money to people who are actively working on saving this planet. Patagonia has been doing things differently since its founding, but in the last few years, more companies are starting to rethink this profit-first mantra. So is this reimagined or responsible capitalism? That's debatable given capitalism's definitions and pillars, and we can't count on one or two Schwinards to save us in this system, or we can't wait around for other business leaders to get it while the rest of them are spending money on dick rockets to space. Speaking of capitalism, one of the characteristics or functions of capitalism is constant growth. Patagonia has grown to a few thousand employees worldwide, and it's with that kind of growth that maintaining culture standards can be very challenging, in my opinion. And companies are run by people, and as we know, people are fallible. We interrupt this bonus episode for breaking news. So there's already an update since 
recording this episode just hours ago, there are articles now out questioning the intentions of Schwinnard's recent restructuring of Patagonia, saying that he will avoid a $700 million tax hit if he had decided to sell Patagonia while still keeping control of the company doing it the way he has done it. Some are now arguing that the whole thing is just a publicity stunt. So some things to consider here. Okay, yes, he avoided a hefty capital gains tax had he sold the company for what it's valued at, $3 billion. So yes, he avoided that $700 million, but would still have made $2.3 billion. Given the options he may have had for his succession plan for Patagonia, I don't think what he ultimately decided to do was the most financially beneficial to him and his family. Beneficial, yes. The most beneficial, not so sure about that. I don't think it's the cash grab some are portraying it to be, in my opinion. Also, take into account Patagonia's track record. For example, in 2019, in response to a Republican-led tax reform that reduced corporate taxes, Patagonia donated their $10 million in a tax cut windfall to organizations fighting climate change. This, in addition to the other bullet points mentioned in today's episode. Do I think this was a calculated move on Schwinnard's part to avoid taxes with that being his only intention? Given his history in business, I don't think so. As I get older, I am learning, despite my Disney programming from childhood, that people are not all good or all bad. We are complex beings. But it sure seems to me that Schwinnard has done a lot of good, more than most billionaires out there, and a lot of billionaires are doing harm. So there are many layers to this, and I'm sure more information and opinion pieces and articles will come out in the days and weeks ahead. I'd love to hear what you think about all this. That sounds like a good place to put a bow on today's bonus episode. We will wrap it up there. Thank you for listening to the bonus episode today. Join me every Tuesday for fresh episodes of the Internal Customer Handbook podcast, where we talk about how you too can improve your workplace. And on every Friday-ish for bonus episodes of the podcast, including the wildly inconsistent released bonus series, History's Horrible Bosses, and maybe these case studies now will be something I do on a regular basis. I am your host, Wendy Conrad, saying thanks for listening and bye for now. (laughs) 
Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Internal Customer Handbook Podcast. Please subscribe and share with friends. Want to send an email for the mailbag segment? I'd love to answer your work culture questions or hear your bad boss or toxic workplace stories to be shared right here on the podcast. Email me at wendy at yourhappyworkplace.com. Want to support the podcast and my work? Contribute at throwconfettiatme.com. Yes, you heard that right. Throwconfettiatme.com. It's an actual website. My dog agrees. Thanks for listening. Bye for now.